The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. I've got two guests with me this week, Sampa and Annetta von Cyborg, and we sit down to talk about ethics in body modification. There have been a few cases popping up over the last few months that can be a little bit concerning if you're following this industry. Uh, there was an artist in the UK who was uh, recently arrested for performing consensual body modification work. There was uh, another artist in Australia who sadly might be linked to uh, a client passing away from, from complications from body modification work. Uh, again, it's alleged, uh, hasn't been uh, a conviction or even really gotten to, uh, to a trial phase yet. So, uh, you know, I'll keep you up to date for any sort of information or details. I hear about it as it unfolds over the next few weeks and months. But, you know, it, it's a serious issue. So, you know, we want to talk about uh, what, what are some of the important things to see body modification go forward in a safe way? You know, is it more education to practitioners? Is it more education to clients? You know, when you as a client are following a, a, a body mod practitioner, you're giving them attention, you're potentially giving them money, you know, whether it's advertising or whether it's bookings or, or any of that stuff. So pay attention to the people you're giving that support to, you know, don't follow someone, don't like their photos if they're putting out bad and dangerous work. You know, I, I think we're at a point where we all need to start taking kind of ownership of this industry, you know, whether it's from the the worker side or from the, the client side, um, you know, we need to support the people who, who deserve the support, the people who are offering safe work. And if people are offering unsafe work, I, I think it's time that we start, um, you know, speaking up, basically, you know, nobody's going to get better uh, unless they have access to uh, better information. And, and, you know, when they actually see that the work they're doing can cause harm uh, if it's not performed correctly, you know, there are lots of, you uh, different parts of the world where they're talking about, you know, banning certain things, you know, not just body piercing, but, you know, body modification. And uh, is that really beneficial? Is it, uh, is it better to ban something than to regulate it? You know, is it better to say you can't do this at all rather than say you can do this, but you need to do it under these, uh, these protocols and, and these guidelines. You need to receive this training and this, this certification. So uh, it's a debate. You know, we, we, we talk a, a good amount about it. Uh, Sampa and Aneta have a lot of expertise in this field and uh, they have a lot of good insight to share. Uh, a little bit of information before we jump into the interview. I've got my uh, my London seminar on Wednesday, June 20th, officially open for registration. So you can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars. You can get all the info for that, or you can always email me at ryanpba at gmail.com. But uh, let's get into this week's interview with Sampa and Annetta von Cyborg. Okay, so we were having a conversation, and I wanted to start kind of capturing it a little bit because... There, there, there's been some kind of like negative spotlight on body mods for, for the last couple of weeks. It's been really noticeable, but I feel like it's been building up over the last few months. And the, the main story that was brought to my attention was from, I, I don't really want to call him an artist, but uh, a, a body modification practitioner in Australia was recently arrested for performing uh, illegal work. And uh, now there's another article that says that someone who got work done passed away related to an infection. And, uh, you know, I, I'll say allegedly because it hasn't been proved and he hasn't been convicted or anything like that. But, you know, it makes me pretty nervous being in the, the body art industry. And I, I'm sure it would make the two of you nervous too, because you're in, you know, kind of the, the, the body mod industry. So we were kind of talking about how it's, it's frustrating because someone like had however many social media people on Instagram, like 60,000? 60, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and then... 65,000. Right, and then someone like you has less followers, and it, it seems frustrating because from the the consumer client side of it, uh, they don't really seem very well educated, and I don't know if it's that they're just kind of following someone for shock value or if they're just kind of gravitating towards someone like that because of the lower price point, you know? Like, if you equate it to a body piercing or a tattoo... 
there's always going to be really good artists and there's always going to be cheaper artists that can be a lot more problematic. So what do you think are some of the things that could help steer people towards quality work? Do you think that it's more regulation? Do you think that it's more education? Like, what, what do you think is, is missing right now? Okay, I think it's like a couple of things, of course. So basically, both points what you just mentioned. Education. I would mainly educate clients not to go to the bad artist mm-hmm. because it's impossible to start educating bad artists. Other thing is that we need regulations. I've been saying this for years and years and years that we need to have an education system. That's the the whole base what we need. Before we have education system, we can't get regulation what is in our favor. Mm -hmm. So basically, we need to get the education system going on. We need to get the license to all the good artists. And then it's much easier to control and like you know the good artists have a license and they then you know like if anything happened there's a public liability insurance and stuff like that so like like in any other like a like example in medical industry and also this way we can get those hacks out from the industry because then then obviously all the good artists also would start protecting themselves and if if they know that there's someone who does work without license uh, they would get the same treatment than someone who does practice without license. Yeah, because it, it's the same, you can draw the same parallel to tattooing or body piercing. Like like myself as a, as a body piercer, I have a license, you know, so that means that the health department is paying attention to what I'm doing. They're telling me you have to sterilize things a certain way. You have to do certain things for training and, and safety. And, and I'm liable, you know, like if, if something were to go wrong in my studio, the health department would be authorized to come in and say, you know, you're not working to a standard. We're either going to give you a fine or suspend your license or something like that. But if you take body piercing and you make it illegal, uh, people are still going to want body piercing. You're just removing the safe avenue for them to get it. So you would make body piercing be underground. And it's the same thing with body mods. And I understand that there's that line of practicing medicine without a license and and things like that. I, I understand that that side of it. But again, if you have people out there in the world who want to get whatever procedure and doctors aren't offering that, uh, cosmetic surgeons aren't offering that, uh, but body artists are, are offering that and, you know, they're offering it with, uh, you know, good quality sterilization and, and good quality materials if they're trained and things like that. Why shouldn't those people be able to get a license that says you're working safely? We're going to keep an eye on what you're doing and you're, we're going to make sure that you work to these standards. Because again, if you if you just ban it, that doesn't stop people from wanting to get it done. So they're going to seek out someone who can do it. And if you can't find a safe person, you're just going to go to the person offering it. Exactly. So that is where we would need a health department to work on this with us. Mm-hmm. Because you would have to start with them that they have a good will to try to work with us and make some regulations towards uh uh, towards it instead of banning it mm-hmm. we cannot re- we cannot make this regulation by ourselves yeah. so obviously <clears throat> with everything that's going on in uh, in the industry right now mm-hmm. uh, I know that like we can only expect that uh, it can only get worse and will try to be banned right in several countries right now there are problems and I don't think that'll make anything safer it's not gonna no. make anything safer uh, even opposite because uh, Body modification will go more underground. People will not stop wanting getting modified. But the problem is that um, it will be harder and harder to find the artists where to where to go, and yeah. that can cause even more problems because the situation like with the with the B slice. Yeah. How to the question is how to educate the public and how to open their eyes and understand what's good work from bad like right. why those uh that's the question as well like why those those practitioners who shouldn't be performing body modification why they still have clients tons to, of followers tons of followers yeah. and clients and someone who's looking for and doesn't doesn't have um experience uh, let's say and looking for a profile, for example, on Instagram, and he yeah. sees there's 65,000, they only see the number. Mm-hmm. So they think, okay, if he has the certain person, if he has that many followers, he has to be good. Yeah. And this is wrong. But, but also, it seems to be a thing nowadays that the people people buy followers and people buy likes and comments. Yeah, the bots so, and all that. So there's a lot of uh, fake uh, followers. Mm-hmm. That's how 
some artists make themselves look like they are some famous artists. Yeah, I've seen that too. You know, it gets frustrating because you showed me, you know, a, a picture of a really bad scarification piece, and if if I had if if I had seen that in person, I would have told the person like that that's horrible. That's that's dangerous looking, but it had something like two thousand or more likes on it, mm -hmm. and then, you know, not not to sound pretentious or anything, but like I would post a, a piece that I've done for scarification that looks very clean. You know, I've been mm -hmm. doing this for twenty years, and you know, it comes out really well, and I get great results, and I'm lucky if I get three or four hundred likes on it. You know, and mm -hmm. it's really annoying seeing someone like that get that kind of like not really credibility, but but attention and. You know, I, I wouldn't want to think that there are people out there in the world who would look at some sort of work like that and then some of the work that I do and think like, oh, that's the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like with tattooing. There are all those memes now that, that show like a really terrible quality tattoo and a really awesome tattoo and say, well, this one is a thousand dollar tattoo and then this one's a hundred dollar tattoo. And hopefully people are at a point where they don't think that they're the same anymore, you know. But when it comes to body mod work, I don't think people have seen enough quality work to really know the difference. You know, if they look at a really, really nice tongue split or ear point or implant or something like that, and, and then they see another one that's kind of, you know, the shit version of it, mm -hmm. I, I think that might make it more stark. But if people only see the shit version, they might think like, oh, that's, that's great. That's so extreme. That's so different. Uh, and they... They just don't pay attention to the quality of it. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, the only way is like, you know, start educating the big public, just just like you said, showing bad work and good work next to each other and said, look, that's the difference. Yeah, it, yeah, it is a little bit annoying. I, I don't I don't live for uh, social media followers. I don't care how many followers or likes I get. But, you know, that's not the point. But the point is that, you know, I post a picture of the perfect ear pointing and I get fucking three, four hundred likes. Mm -hmm. Someone else posting fucking potshit, fucking shit, scarification picture and they get more than 2,000 likes. Point is that that makes me really realize that those people have no fucking idea what, what good work is. Yeah. And they don't even see, like, you know, what is the, like, you know, they don't see any difference between good and bad work. Mm -hmm. I would like to hear why they're liking those pictures. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, you go and support and follow those hacks and you uh, like, like their pictures and you go and get modified by them. And then, when, like, you know, you are the part of, part of the problem. Because, like, you know, if they don't have a client, if they don't have a followers, uh, they wouldn't even exist. More extreme seems to have more yeah. attention. Yeah. It's you not know, the quality. People are bored just... by piercing and bored yes. by tattoos and they exactly. see something different. And they gravitate towards it without necessarily mm -hmm. thinking about like, well, is this the best quality version of it? Because, you know, it can be tough if if you're in a completely different country or, you know, uh, you know, you have a, a higher price tag or something like that. You know, not everybody can afford to, to travel or afford the best work. But I would I would really just tell people like, you know, think of it like uh, like plastic surgery. Like if somebody wanted breast implants or a nose job, they're not probably that's just going to go to the closest person. They're going to find the best person and hopefully exactly go to them. That's exactly what I'm trying to tell to all our clients. Yeah. So those who think that our prices are might be not for the pocket at the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm explaining that the body modification in most of the cases, um, majority of the cases is a very permanent change to your body. So you're going to live with the results of of, of yeah. our work or yeah. the work of the artist who you choose to go to for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You have to look at the mirror for, for yeah. it. So to to shop, uh, to price sh do the price shopping on on your body when you're changing your body in a yeah. permanent way is a wrong way to start with. Yeah, so I, I'm trying I see the same to tell all the people who are contacting us to take their time, save the money, even if it takes another year or two, <laughs> this bot module leave with it uh, for a long time, yeah. so you want to be happy. You want you have most of the time one chance to get it done right. Um, so uh, it's just a patience and also also the problem problem is that the, those artists they're not transparent and they're lying to the clients. Yeah, they they, they build up their experiences yes. more than it is, or exactly. that the results are better than they are. Exactly, and also they they forget to mention about the risks and. Com uh, possible complications and that kind of stuff. Like I spent pretty much one hour on each client just for the consultation, mm -hmm. explaining every single thing, every possible risk, every possible scenario, 
never like you know i don't hide my experience I, if i haven't done something before i tell it if some procedures had any uh, complications i tell them to my clients so they know they know what they're getting for mm. also when you educate your clients so well that you know they have no questions after when when you finish your consultation that means that they know every single scenario and if if there's any complication it doesn't need to be even complication Question. just a, just a basic like you know normal uh healing process but we, when they never seen it before they can freak out that something is wrong yeah. but if you tell them already before that this gonna happen this gonna mm-hmm. happen expect not, some bruising yes. expect this expect exactly that. exactly so, mm-hmm. so then then they know what to expect and they stay calm they never fucking complain to anyone else if if there's any problem they contact me and i solve the problem yeah they don't have to go to other artists because i take care of them mm-hmm. that's important especially in the industry there's no really regulation yeah well I, I so i have to do the same thing with scarification because i find that if you only give people some information and not all of the information if they have a problem that you haven't explained to them they fill in the blanks with whatever seems natural yes. to them. So like with a tattoo, how many how many people out there who, who perform tattoos or work in a tattoo studio have had someone come in and say like, oh, my, my tattoo is a little bit irritated, so I put some ointment on it that I never should put on a tattoo. Or with a piercing, like, you know, oh, I was having a problem with the piercing, so I just put peroxide all over it because that's what I do with a cut. But, you know, if you stop and tell someone beforehand, you know, if you have a problem, make sure you don't use this kind of ointment. It's too much. Just do this. That's all you need for a piercing. Don't do this. You don't need all that. You know, you can contact me. It's it's a very simple issue. You can get rid of it with a, a simple, you know, saline or, or a hot shower or something. And it's the same thing with you. You know, you're telling people all that information they would need to know so that they don't scenario. have to fill in the blanks. Right. Mm-hmm. So if they have a question, they can say, oh, yeah, you know, I was told a little a little bruising is normal. You know, a little bit of soreness is normal. A little bit of discharge is, is normal. But, you know, they would also have that line of like, okay, now I have a question where I need to, you know, contact you two rather than just Googling something mm-hmm. or going to like a local piercing studio that has no idea how mm-hmm. to take care of, of body mm-hmm. mods. Exactly. Well, the thing what kind of bothers me in this particular uh, Australian case is that they are so ready to ban everything and like you know make it a big thing after one person fuck up things mm-hmm. so like if it happens in any other industry it wouldn't be a big deal at all right. because like you know uh plastic surgeons are fucking up every single day and way worse mm-hmm. and doesn't never go to the news right and honestly like you know because they are they, they fucking mm-hmm. they what was this health minister or whatever that saying that the most uh, barbarian thing ever you know ever Calling done clients to have and, and also that the, all the clients this is the best part all the all the body modification clients they have a mental issues exactly. right but then same time they say that you know this should be completely banned and performed only by medical professionals so then when these same people who have these who are so mentally un- unstable go to the doctor and get the same procedure done by a doctor then all of a sudden they don't have a mental they're problems. cured yes <laughs> so like you know, seriously like you know how does it mean that you know if they come to body modification artists they they are mentally unstable mm-hmm. but then when the same person go to get the same procedure done by a medical professional, they are completely sane. Yeah, and and also, you know, I think it, it, it goes back to questions I always get about scarification. You know, people look at my scarification and they're like, oh my God, why would someone do that? And be like, well, yeah, but you're, you're asking that and you have all these tattoos. It's the same thing. It's just people... People have a different concept for what's healthy and and what's unhealthy and they don't understand that, you know, it's your body. You're free to do whatever you want to your body, you know, and if if you want to have your whole face tattooed purple or if you want to have elf ears or silicone breasts or or whatever. Yeah, silicone boobs, you know, Uh, that's that's your decision. Um, And I don't think we should judge people for how they they want to look, you know, so. When, when people get dismissed by, you know, the, the mainstream uh, world, uh, mainstream doctors and things mm-hmm. like that, and, and told, like, your ideal of your body uh, is incorrect and, and you're unhealthy, then those people, again, they get pushed down into subculture mm-hmm. uh, and underground. And then, you know, they... 
that's not going to make them stop wanting to get things done. You know, mm. people used to think that people who wanted gender reassignment surgery were crazy. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And now it's, it's was a fucking common. mental illness. Right. So like, you know, now it's also like a double standard. Like, you know, now everyone's like, no, a homosexuality is not a, a mental illness. And, you know, we understand that now. But then same time, the same fucking people don't understand that, you know, body modification is not mental illness. Mm. So like, you know, it's just when people don't know and when they don't understand, if if someone is different than other, they must have a fucking... Yeah. Like, you know, someone is different than me, they must be fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anyone who's related to the body mod industry or, or piercing and tattoo shops, you've seen really bad quality work done by people who are professional trained doctors, you know? Exactly. I've seen lots of earlobe reconstructions for kids that don't want their stretched ears anymore yeah. and they're horrible, just like chewed up bubble gum, yeah, exactly. scar tissue on the ears because the doctor, fixing. yeah, the doctor doesn't necessarily care about what they're, you know, they're, oh, I'm a doctor, I'll cut your ear and I'll stitch it back together. But does that mean that they're doing it better or that they're doing it safer? And, and I don't think, I don't think so. I didn't even have no. an understanding of the... Uh, First of all, it's an attitude issue because they think that, you know, they should suffer because you know that was their stupidity right. stupidity yeah. they have to pay for the stupidity other thing is that uh when someone is a body modification artist that's a passion mm-hmm. that's not a uh, just a profession right so we want to make it as good as possible mm-hmm. at least i want you know of course mm-hmm. there's so many hacks that you know i can't speak behalf them but you know talking about professionals only in my opinion it's a quite stupid to even think that you know moving this industry and to fucking medical industry doesn't that's not gonna happen first of all it's clashing with their own fucking statements because uh if they think that you know all what we do is uh hack jobs and it's disgusting and it shouldn't be done and it's uh done on a fucking mentally unstable people how doctors ever could ethically perform any of the mm-hmm. stuff what we do mm-hmm. if yeah. they do that's a du- double standard yeah so to play devil's advocate a little bit you know I, i'm sure that there are people listening or people that would hear an argument like that and say like well yeah but medical school training and, and supervision and all that stuff but it's just it's these weird little shades of gray you know so legally in new hampshire i can i can pierce anywhere on the body no problem and i can do any i can do anything with a body piercing needle i can stick it anywhere and they don't say this is unsafe you know i can put it through the muscle of the tongue i can put it through the muscle of the cheek i can put it through the genitals the nipples i can put it through all these delicate sensitive areas um, I can legally perform scarification in New Hampshire, so I can take a scalpel and I can I can cut a person and I can I can do this and I can do that. But in my same area, uh, there's this line of like, well, you know, if you want to try this procedure, you know, if you wanted to do a, a, a tongue split as an example, you can't do that mm-hmm. because that's where we draw the line. But all these other things are perfectly acceptable. You can you you know, and we don't care where you do it or how you do it. But if you want to do this other thing. To the best of someone's ability and you know uh, this sterile materials and all those things like you can't do that it's because they just don't see that as a valid professional service or as something that can be done safely you know so it, it's just really weird because you know you two travel around the world you see all these different countries and all these different areas where you know legal here but not legal here and you can okay you can do this but you can't do it with this tool or, or you can do it you know on this part of the body but not this part of the body and you know if they would kind of step back and realize it's it's all kind of the same idea you know there are some body piercings that are much more dangerous and much more invasive than some other types of, of body modification mm-hmm. or, or anything like that you know you can tell someone it's totally fine for you to get tattooed for 12 hours, which I would argue would be much riskier to the body mm-hmm. than something really simple, something really small, you know? And But but all that's fine because people are used to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe 20 years from now, people will look back on today and, and, and see it as body piercing in the 80s, you know? Like people didn't understand body piercing there and they exactly. tried to make that's it illegal. That's what I wanted to say. This yeah. uh, piercing and tattoos, everybody knows about it and is uh, familiar with mm-hmm. uh, with it, but it's also, as a profession, it's a little bit longer than the uh, modern yeah. times. It's more acceptable now, it's cool. Than body modification. Yeah. So people are still um, kind of uh, afraid of what we do. They don't accept what we do, the majority. But we need the health department to step 
in it and like try to work on it mm-hmm. on this with us because yeah. if we try if we can get the for example on the medical school could be a profile of the body modification we all would need to pass it pass mm-hmm. tests mm-hmm. um and be certificate like to have a certificate to uh and like um permission to perform the profession um and in this way all those people who shouldn't they wouldn't be able to even pass it because right. their skill level is not mm-hmm. after the standards so I think the, without uh, because without this um just banning the the whole industry yeah it doesn't do anybody gonna, any good it's not it's gonna, gonna make, make anyone safer i, I think even opposite i think the problem is that the, there's no health department who ever conducted any skilled higher reputation body modification artist asking any advices right fix the problem or work on it at least it mm-hmm. will be a not one day change but right there can be steps towards it. Do you think that part of it is is the difficulty of most people who offer that kind of work are usually traveling for it? You know, I, I don't know many people that offer it in, in one studio in one location and stay there, you know, like they do a little bit here, they do a little bit there. So it's difficult when everywhere you go, it's a different health department or a different person you would have to ask is like, is this okay that I do this? Do I need a license to do this? Uh, I, d- I, d- one place when you st- I don't mean this. Okay, I so mean, like, you know, government of australia or the local health department mm-hmm. they could contact me yeah and ask my ask consultation i would be happy to consult them and mm-hmm. you know tell them that you know what is safe what is not yeah like you know how we can work on the program. like yeah. i've been trying to regulate this uh, industry from inside yeah example i'm completely against the eyeball tattoos because it is too dangerous right and we have to start drawing lines Line. what mm-hmm. is like a safe and what's not yeah Absolutely. like uh if we can't control our industry uh then obviously the next step is that you know government has to ban our mm-hmm. industry because you know if we if we keep fucking doing unsafe things then they ha- the only way is to fucking make it illegal right if we start already to, like you know it's against my own ethics and my morals to do something so fucking dangerous yeah uh that means that you know if everyone were thinking same way, our industry would be ready for any sort of regulation. I think the problem, though, is that, you know, if people see someone someone like you, you know, traveling the world and, and having all these fun holidays and, and teaching classes and, and doing all this stuff, that they want to be that, but they don't understand the work the, that you two put exactly. in to get there, you know, mm-hmm. safety and training and, and always paying attention to the results and, you know, maybe this isn't something I want to try and maybe this is something that we can develop, you know? And I think a lot of people, they see a picture online and they're like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I can try that. Like how many horrible ear pointings have I seen online? Because people think that all you have to it's do so is cut, cut the ear, tape it or, or glue it or, or put in a terrible stitch or something mm. like that, you know? And how hard can it be, you know? And um, it's the, it, again, it's it's got a lot of parallels to body piercing because mm. Sometimes kids will see it online and they'll be like, oh, that's really cool. I see this famous piercer posting all this work so I can pierce my friends in my bathroom. But uh, at the same time, people have protections from the health department to avoid things like that. So if they find somebody is doing a tattoo in their kitchen or doing a a piercing in their their bathroom, uh, the health department can step in and say like, you can't do that. You can't do that safely. But... You're perfectly fine to to get this license and work in a properly inspected studio and do this, and that is a safe avenue, and we understand that. If if the government of Australia or the government of any other country had done that kind of work and made those hard decisions and had those conversations to say, we understand that this work can be done safely under these conditions. So that's what we're going to require you to do. If you want to offer this work, you have to offer it under these conditions. You have to be licensed and inspected and trained and things like that. Uh, but instead, they didn't do that. They just turned a blind eye and they let whoever whoever felt like it do whatever work they want. And now they're trying to kick in because they've seen all these horrible problems and all these like really terrible, tragic uh, events unfolding. And now they're just going to say probably ban everything, ban yeah, everything, ban exactly. everything. And because they didn't... They didn't want to be engaged and they didn't want to listen and pay attention to, to what was happening. You know, it's but banning making problem more uh, like more difficult. Yeah, it makes it more dangerous because then it takes an artist, you know, like like the two of you who can offer safe work and says, 
well, I'm just not going to offer this in that country at all. I'm not mm-hmm. going to go there. I'm not going to do this because I don't want to deal with with legal repercussions. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll I'll offer it where it's legal or you know exactly. where where it's more acceptable or you know where mm-hmm. the health department can understand that what we we're need offering one is safe. Health exactly. department to work on it with us. Health department will work on this mm-hmm. with us, then the rest could follow because yeah. body modification is growing. The, right. the enthusiast uh, number is growing tremendously over mm-hmm. the last years and worldwide. Canada so might be a good place to start. You know, Canada growing. is really forward thinking. We need one place to start. Yeah. And then all the practitioners will need to go to that place mm-hmm. and get certified. Right. At first, mm-hmm. and then hopefully that uh, could spread around the world because, like we said, like, it's not gonna stop people from getting modified. Yeah. We just want them to go to the safe hands yeah. instead of being uh, mutilated by uh, or uh, hurt. Yeah. Like in Australia. I know that uh, that's what's gonna happen in Australia. They're gonna ban it. I already told everyone I'm not going to Australia. Yeah. I don't want to fucking take such a risk, especially when there's only a few clients anyway. Mm-hmm. Another really important point to make is, you know, you, you don't want people drawing the conclusion that um, somebody wanted an implant and they got an infection and, and, and died. You know, you don't want it to say, exactly. well, it's because of them wanting an implant. You know, you have no. to draw it back to that point and say, okay, they wanted an implant and they went to someone who wasn't following proper asepsis, who wasn't using proper sterilization or, you know, proper cross-contamination, wasn't using sterile gloves. And that that should be the link it should be this procedure was done dirty mm-hmm. you know and and then this is the problem mm-hmm. not you know not everyone who gets an implant is going to to end up in the Die, hospital yeah. right like it's it, again because we are not <clears throat> regulated so in theory anybody who grab a set of tools can start doing it yeah which yeah. is wrong it's wrong and it shouldn't be just well like, that's that same thing popularity of the social media and yeah. of course people see it and then they want to they want to get it and they want to offer it that they think this is so easy to do yeah they think that they can do it mm. they think that they want to be another sampa or, or right. whatever yeah. its name yeah um it's again if we are if we were regulated we could prevent this from mm. happening again and if we're gonna be banned as an industry it's gonna uh, like more people will suffer because, yeah. Um, yeah, they will, they will have no other choice than uh, go to someone who they can find. Yeah. Because it will be harder Whoever's to close. find whoever is close, mm-hmm. and um, we don't want anybody else to be hurted. So uh, another thing, you know, going back to when people don't have all the information, they just fill in the missing pieces, and I think that is is one of the most dangerous aspects of of it from the practitioner's side. So you have someone who maybe started out as a body piercer and maybe wasn't even that skilled of a body piercer, maybe really never took a lot of classes, never really cared about cleanliness or, or whatever, and then they see this other work and they see that it, you know it's getting attention and you know maybe someone is getting some money for it or whatever. So they want to start offering it, but again, they fill in the blanks with just whatever seems natural, like, you know, oh, um, I see you're wearing gloves in your picture. I have gloves right here. I'll just wear these same gloves yeah. that I used to perform a piercing or used to change my trash or, yeah. or whatever. You know, they don't stop and think, well, is this a, a, a higher potential for uh, for germs? You know, do I need to do I need to try sterile gloves? Do I even know where to buy sterile gloves or how to even properly put on sterile gloves? Like people who want to do that kind of stuff. They don't. They don't bother doing the training. You know. They don't understand the uh-huh. reason for the sterilization. Right. They don't understand the whole why. concept of it. Are, yeah. The concept. Why you wearing right. gloves? Why you need the sterile procedure? Exactly. Why uh, they don't understand? Yeah. The public doesn't understand it. Right. So if anyone has questions regarding body modification, they are very welcome to email me, and mm-hmm. I can talk with them. Yeah. The most frustrating thing that I see sometimes. If they want to find some information, I rather do. Is when someone's a body piercer and then they start trying to offer, you know, maybe maybe something small. You know, like a uh, uh, purling, you know, mm-hmm. a little genital implant, or maybe they want to try a little scarification piece, and they they just do it the exact same way that they're already doing body piercing. They don't stop and think like this is a completely separate skill. I need completely separate training. You know, I need to search out someone, and you know, for for piercers that are listening, maybe it makes a little bit of sense when you say it in this way. If somebody comes into your studio and says, "I want to pierce the way that you pierce," can I shadow you? Can I follow you for a day so I can learn? A lot of times, you'd say, "Yeah, sure, that's great." You know, you know, I'll answer questions. You can watch me work or something. But you know, think of how gross it would be if a body piercer was like, "Okay, I'm gonna try to do some really complicated, fancy earpiece or whatever," but they're using 
terrible jewelry and terrible needles and they don't they don't know what they're doing you know you see the results they the piercings heal really bad um, they, they don't come out well they probably have to be taken out now think of the body modification version of that you know if someone is a body piercer and they want to try to split someone's tongue or, or do an implant or whatever and they don't understand what goes into that the consequences are way higher right than with the pier right the body piercing and not okay. just not just for you know risk of of, of infection or things like that but it's going to look really bad you know mm. if if you want to offer this stuff you have to respect it as a as a profession and as something serious and you have to say okay this isn't something that i can just do with no training this is something that takes years of practice and years of learning and skill and education and you know, I, I understand that, you know, medical school is what medical school is, but for someone who does really good quality body mod work, they're not someone who just started doing it and guessed their way through it. You know, they sought out training, they shadowed, you know, they were taught by someone, you know, they, they researched and they learned all the different things. You know, this is why sterile gloves are necessary. This is why sterile drapes are necessary. This is why we clean the skin a certain way, you know? Mm. Uh, you know, people have to take it seriously before these kinds of problems come up. And and as consumers or as people who follow it online, we have to pay attention to the people who are doing bad work and and tell them no. Tell you're hey, you're doing that unsafe. You know, like people will tear someone a new asshole because a body piercing is a little bit off from perfect. But if someone's like doing uh, you know, implants with non-sterile gloves and they post a picture of it online, like don't like the picture say like why aren't you wearing sterile gloves you know question these people who are offering unsafe work and mm. call them out on it mm. yeah the, the only problem in this kind of thing is like you know you start calling out people then they follow and start hating you because they right, think that you yeah. know you just get a fucking, yeah we have like a multiple issues in this kind of yeah. uh, industry important issues also that's the practitioners often they they maybe know even how to, let's say, perform the procedure, but they have no idea what to do if something goes wrong. Exactly. Because several things can go wrong. Right. From not only the practitioner fault, mm -hmm. also from the client fault, or from the not proper aftercare. Yeah. This okay. is important matter because often the people who try to perform body modification, they have no clue. Yeah what to do if there is. So I did a, I did a lecture a uh, last last fall. I did a lecture for some uh, really, you know, well-regarded piercers, very educated, and it, it wasn't to teach them anything about body mods because I don't, I don't offer that kind of work, you know? So it was basically just to tell them, um, these are the things you need to know if you were, would ever want to host a, a body mod artist in your studio, you know? So this is a very common procedure. This is an implant. This is a tongue split. This is whatever. And then I walked through, and and these are the things you have to know. You have to understand, you know, sterile gloves and all that. But then you have to understand if they have certain problems. Exactly. Um, you need to know how to deal with it. You Healing know, time often takes weeks. Right. Right. And if you don't so, know, well, uh, okay. Some some bruising is normal, but this is not bruising. This is hematoma. This is when they need to speak to a, a, a medical professional. This is when they need to go to a hospital. This is when they need to do this and that. And if, if people don't understand any of that and they think uh, under a body piercer kind of mentality of like, oh, you know, just do do a sea salt soak or just, you know, mm. take some ibuprofen or put your feet up and, and really, you know, it, like people have to understand that there are some problems that as a body piercer, you shouldn't be trying to help people with you know there are some lines where yeah you do cross that spectrum of like you know this is this is something like if you didn't perform the work and some you know unskilled artist did it and then uh you know the person gets sent into your studio to fix it like you shouldn't be trying to fix it if you don't know exactly. what's going on exactly. you should you should refer them to someone else who is qualified to handle those kinds of problems yeah i, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let any studios who's hosting me to touch my clients right yeah but I, you know if if somebody gets bad work and then they go back to that artist and they say like okay so you perform this this implant on me but now it's it's really it's hot and it's swollen and there's discharge and there's there's really bad bruising what do I do and that person says like oh I don't know you know like wh they what's going to happen in a situation like that because again there is no health department telling them you need to do this training you need to understand clients are just left alone taking a client like accepting the request like the booking uh, taking the um like working on someone is not only to perform the procedure, but just taking care, uh, right. taking care of them for anything that might arise. Until they are fully healed. Yeah, yeah. And attention, like mm -hmm. your your attention with your knowledge, with everything, right. to answering the questions, right. to checking on them, to see if you are not in the same 
place to see their pictures but and updates on their healing, uh, but not to uh, ignoring them or right, just to yeah. telling them that they are fine when they are not. So another example is I had a scarification client from maybe like two or three weeks ago. And, you know, I, I walked through all the information, uh, you know, before the uh, before the cutting. And I said, uh, you know, if you have any questions along the way, I don't care how small of a question it yes. is, you can always contact me. And we've talked almost every single day since the piece and sending me like healing updates and pictures and does this look okay? And I'm like, yeah, that looks great. You know, you That's probably still have another week. Clients, right, much. Yes. because you're professionals, mm -hmm. you know, and you need to have that knowledge base. And if you don't have that knowledge base to understand any sort of possible issues that might come up, you shouldn't be offering the work. That means exactly. you need more training before you offer yes. the work. Exactly. And it's like, I've seen this happening many times. But mm -hmm. until the moment when we are regulated yeah. and we all can yeah. get both, our licenses Both sides to have do, to be better educated, what, the clients and the practitioners. What we do is only to I, talk I have, to the public and try to open their I have a, a, problem, a problem in this industry uh, with, with body mod is that there, there's really not a lot of um, education infrastructure, the same way it was with piercing but in the 80s. But that was the reason why we created, right, how, why we started RiceDescribe.org. Yeah. Right, the so idea that people can share information. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And nobody, nobody was interested. It. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it, but we have the platform dedicated just to body modification. Right. Away from educational platform. Yeah. Uh, which is not uh, used as we were hoping because so, that was the first step towards um, showing us that we're trying to do something better yeah. here as an industry, that we're trying to make uh, some higher standards, that we're trying to put uh, um, professionals together and try to educate the, the public. See, so when, when you bring up education with, with body piercing, you know, if, if somebody wants some really complicated body piercing and they seek out someone who's, who's good, you know, and they say, that looks awesome. Can I see some healed pictures of what this looks like? You know, any any skilled artist, you know, tattoo, piercing, scarification, body mod, whatever, should have a whole folder where they can say, sure, I'll show you 10 yeah. awesome examples. And, and if someone can't do that, don't go to them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, there is that line of, yes, I understand that it takes work for people to get better, but you have to be honest on the practitioner side of that. Because like when I was starting scarification and people would ask and, and they said, oh, I want this kind of complicated thing, I'd say, well, you know, I haven't done something exactly like that. I've done something similar. I've done maybe about a dozen pieces. You know, you can take a look at it. And, you know, if you're comfortable with, with you know, me doing that on you, great. You know, but I would never tell somebody like, oh, sure, I can handle that really complicated thing that I've never mm -hmm. done before or whatever. I would never do that. You know, I would tell the person or same thing with the body piercing. If somebody wants a triangle, I would tell them, sure, I can offer that. I've done about a half a dozen. I haven't done a lot. I do have some experience with that. Here are the pictures of the ones that I've done. Here are the pictures of them healed. You can see the good results. If you're comfortable with that, I'm happy to perform it. But if you want someone with more experience, I'm happy to refer you to this person or this person. And with body mods, you have to have that same level of professionalism. I think it's a lot of it's ego. You know, again, people want those followers and they want that recognition, um, but they don't necessarily care enough about the client to say like, I don't want your money. I don't want the attention. I just want to offer good work, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and if you like my work, I'm happy to offer that under, you know, these, you know, safety, uh, safety protocols and, and whatever. But, you know, if you don't like what I'm, what I'm offering, I, I'm happy to refer you to someone else that's more skilled. And I, mm. I think that that is one of the, the hardest things with body mod because the client base is so small that when someone who really wants to try to, to make a name for themselves in that industry, um, they, they, they don't say no, unfortunately, when they should be saying no most of the time. Mm -hmm. And suddenly clients often shop for, they do price shopping. Right. And they should in the same yeah. way with the piercing. This person's 500, their... this person's 400. Exactly. And yeah. this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And they... Uh, whoever listened to it, you shouldn't do that because yeah. you have yeah. this idea to get modified and you have this picture of this uh, amazing modification in your head and then you're going uh, to some butcher just because they offered very cheap modification or if, if, uh, is it a piercing or something mm -hmm. like that uh, and you're so disappointed and, but with the body modification often there's like no escape from the result of it yeah you have to face it and live in living with all those mm -hmm. yeah if it scars if, if it scars, looks bad that's yeah that's it's good. because you, that's, that's well, the yeah. least what you yeah. can yeah. struggle with as we can see from the current case right uh, yeah. in australia yeah. so like people should pay more attention to the example instagram followers and stuff like you know if someone all of a sudden like you know within a month uh, get uh, followers from a couple of 
thousand or ten thousand, twenty thousand, up to like eighty thousand. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's, it's that's, fake. Yeah, that's fake. Yeah, it's yes, fake. and also like you know when people circulating uh, same pictures over and over again, yeah. that means that you know they actually don't do much modifications. Mm-hmm. They just keep circulating yeah, pictures. Yeah, it's like three you know, pictures because they've only done three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. So like you know, yeah. you post a picture as uh, like eight of eight years old modification. Like I don't have a reason to post mm-hmm. eight years old yeah, it's the modification. Yeah, the newest yeah. work or, or healed work from a few months back yeah. or something. Yeah, or yeah. like, you know, if you if you have a healed picture of fucking 10 years old modification, right. that's a different story. Yeah. But if you keep... And a huge red flag if they don't have any healed pictures at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, you, if you want something complicated and you say, oh, I'd love to see some healed pictures and they can't even show you one don't get anything done by them. Yeah. There's a reason why they don't have nice healed pictures because yeah. they don't have nice healed results. Or maybe they never see their client again. So that's the thing as well. Like, you know, if you see that the people cropping pictures uh, a lot mm-hmm. on this kind of case. Yeah, it's suspicious. Or, or, or highly unedited, like highly edited pictures mm-hmm. and stuff, that means that, you know, there's something to hide. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, you know I never use any filters, even, even if it doesn't affect the you know anything like even if it looks still the same mm. i still don't want to wear, yeah. use any filters because i wanted you know people see this is the world well that's that's a, a thing that really helped the body piercing industry is on social media nobody wants to post a, an angry red piercing that has purple marks on it and iodine and all that stuff people take the time to to really like hone their skill because they want to be able to have a piercing that they can do they, they want to be able to take a picture right after a piercing and have it look pretty and have it look Nice, you know, and that really bumped people's skill levels up a huge amount, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, you know, if people are posting um, suspicious work because it's filtered or a black and white photo or something like that, it's probably because they're hiding something. redness or bruising or, or problems, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be cautious about that. But to kind of start to wrap this up, because we've been going for, for quite a while, if people wanted to reach out to you and get safe information, like um, what are some of the, the websites that you would have and like what's maybe an email address where if, if people wanted to contact you about positive the, the information? Best, the best uh, way is to contact us via Von, Cyb- uh, von Cyborg at okay. gmail.com. Von Cyborg at gmail.com. Yeah. And then Rusty Cyborg, RustyCyb.org. RustyCyb.org. Yeah. It's just uh, like, you know, we're gonna give it a go a little bit longer, but I think, it, like you know, if people don't start using it, I'm gonna give up. Yeah, but because we, have I think at platform. the at the moment it would be really good to have a platform where we can educate the clients and educate anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, like I have this quite good solution for many of these problems. Is one is that we have a platform, either it's a rusty cyberdog, or of Instagram or Facebook or all of them. And having the page where we show bad work versus good work mm-hmm. and explain why this is bad, why this is good, yeah. and calling out the hacks and showing like, you know, look, this is a this is a hack job. So people can already see that, you know, this per- this person is bad, mm-hmm. that it comes from the, you know, from like, you know, it's only on those sites that, you know, that who can say verify that this is bad, this is good. Some sort of like, maybe like a WordPress blog could be really helpful too, because Jeff yeah. Saunders did a lot of great work with his piercing, his piercing nerd blog. Um, you know, and if you can show, because he, he would do the same thing. He'd be like, this is a, this is a problem with a piercing. And then this is the good version of the piercing. And this is why they're different. You know, this jewelry and this placement and this aftercare and this skill, you know, so if you can have something like that too, where it's like, you know, maybe not necessarily calling someone out because, you know, you, you want people to be able to digest the information without it seeming like uh, combative. But, you know, if you said, these are bad results, these are good results, and this is how they were both achieved. You know, bad results are because they didn't have training, they didn't have sterilization, they didn't do sterile gloves, they used you know, the wrong whatever. Uh, and then the good quality version is because of this, that, and whatever. You know, that could be really be- beneficial for people, you know, mm-hmm. and that could start to make a lot of progress. And another thing is like, you know, start writing educational articles about modifications, including aftercare mm-hmm. and uh, including uh, complications and stuff like that. Then other thing is like, you know, having this association with the spokespersons, mm-hmm. like a PR person who yeah. can uh, represent the uh, industry. Especially for media. Yeah, exactly. And also, if, if any government uh, try to regulate or ban mm-hmm. this industry, maybe they should contact people like me. and yeah. uh, Use you as a resource. I, I'm, I'm happy to consult them mm-hmm. and, you know, like uh, finding the solution, you know, would would benefit all of us, yeah. not the only just you know going and making things illegal because banning things never been working. Yeah. It's been yeah. proved with the uh, 
truck war and all everything. You know, mm. it just it never works. Yeah, things just go underground and uh, uh, it's more like you know uh, giving a business to criminals basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing is uh, we need this. Uh, like a license system we need to have a education system so i mean those those are good ideas you know education information that that's how everything changes that's how the app made a big impact on piercing you know it's just health safety education that's the mission statement you know we're mm-hmm. not trying that, to tell people that's exactly how to be a body to... piercer we're just trying to tell you how to be a safe body safe, piercer exactly yeah. yeah exactly yeah okay well uh i appreciate uh you taking some time to talk to me and you know have fun on all your worldwide travels thank you thank you All right, there you go. A lot to think about, a lot to process. So, uh, you know, just kind of keep it in the back of your mind. If, if you're interested in that kind of work, just like anything else that you take seriously, you know, do your research. Uh, body piercing, tattooing, you know, we, we've got a whole show here talking about the importance of body piercing. And I think a lot of people that listen to the show uh, really take their time to educate themselves on uh, a lot of things related to body piercing. And it's the same thing for body modification. You know, if you're interested in that kind of work, take your time figure out who's offering good quality work, figure out what good quality work is, and then, you know, try to support that stuff. You know, don't try to support something for shock value because, you know, you end up getting people out there who are, who are either just trying to make a buck or just trying to make a name for themselves, and they don't really necessarily focus on the, the client's safety, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, everything kind of keeps rolling along as I'm recording this. I'm just getting ready to leave for my Chicago class. Um, that one is is packed to capacity. I'm really psyched for that. Uh, then I'm going to come back and um, get ready for the next class. It'll be San Francisco, and, and that one's going really good. And then right after that's going to be London, so everything's going awesome. Uh, you know, heading towards APP conference season. Uh, summertime is actually going to be a, a little bit more quiet for me. I'm not going to be doing any other private classes during July or August because I don't want to have too much of a, a clash or overlap with, with the APP conference. Uh, and then in the fall, I head right into uh, all the international conferences. So uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty happy. I'm in a good place. You know, I'm getting a lot of good uh, feedback from the show. And if you want to see anything on here, you know, if you have ideas for guests, if you have ideas for subjects, uh, feel free to let me know. I, I never would have guessed that uh, doing an episode of my mom would be as wildly popular as it was. You know, I got a lot of great feedback on that one. So, you know, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll definitely pass along the, the kind words to my mom. And uh, I'll be back for you next week with another interview. Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>